1: The following is a presentation of the Bellamp Sports Media Network.
0: Evening, everyone. Welcome to Monday Night. No credentials required. Where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We're presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. My name is Ryan McCarthy. I'm one of the broadcast hosts. To my right is a man who did not crawl out of his uh, man cave until about Sunday after about Sunday morning after
2: the NFL draft was over. We got Dustin Henry. Dustin, how are we doing
0: today? (laughs) Doing all right.
2: Doing all right. I was I was a little hungry and thirsty by the time, but you know when you're when you're in draft mode, it's it's head down. I like to watch it in the dark, you know. With no one else around me. That sounds really creepy, <laughs> <laughs> like the like the Aaron Rodgers ayahuasca retreats, you know. Oh, so you were on a darkness retreat? Yeah, that. yeah, darkness retreat for the for the draft. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say uh, the multi round format I like it, but there's an old school part of me that just misses like the marathon that was those old school draft Saturdays from like 10 a.m. to 7:30, and you're just watching it all in one shot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, those were the days. Yeah, those (laughs) those were the days But before (laughs) we continue. Just want to remind you about our social media channels on TikTok, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, the scarcely used TikTok at no creds, REQ, Facebook.com forward slash no creds, REQ on YouTube. It's YouTube.com forward slash at no creds, REQ. If you're watching either live or on the replay. What you want to do is smash that like button and smash responsibly. You can also find us on the audio side. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, wherever you podcast. Our primary hub is now Megaphone. You can find us down below right here on the the podcast side. Rate and review. We'll even read your review on the air, especially if it's very, very mean-spirited and gross. <laughs> and you can also engage with the show live. This is a this is a uh, this is a dr- listener driven. Sh- this is a audience engagement show. We want to hear your com- We want to see your comments. And Dustin, you, you know I gotta play that sound.
2: Oh, of course. <laughs>
0: We got some oh. comments already from our buddy Jeff S, who says hello. And Snowman says it's time for new credentials required.
2: <laughs>
0: Indeed, it is. All right, Dustin, we're gonna start off this week's program with a pair of game sevens that occurred last night. We got a game seven tonight, Devils and Rangers. I am I am nervous as heck. <laughs> <laughs> but last night we had not one two upsets in game yes. seven that happened and we gotta talk about these two upsets we gotta talk about the first we gotta talk about the Boston Bruins who
2: had a historically historically great season. Oh my goodness they broke all sorts of records didn't they, they yep. broke yeah it was they, they broke you- uh they, they broke the they broke the record for
0: sorry to interrupt the, the no the, no the record for record for most points in a season They also broke the record for most wins in a season. However, when it came down to the playoffs, I don't think any of us saw this coming. No,
2: no, I was, I was shocked. You know, I, I was shocked. And you, and you texted me last night and you said the Bruins are out and I will be totally honest. I was not watching. I was in the middle of cooking or doing something. and, And, uh I I said, wow, I'm shocked. And then I followed it up with, that is why the Stanley Cup playoffs are the best in sports. Mm -hmm. And and I will, I have to doth my cap to you again, sir. It was a mini Ry Stradamus moment. When you mentioned the NHL Invader Cup bracket that we're doing, I said I had picked the Bruins, and you said... You know they could get upset in the first round, you, and you said, "Remember when the when the uh, when the lightning got bounced?" You know, and to the was it the Blue Jackets that beat them that year? Yep, they Blue Jackets swept them in four games. Yeah. Now you you said it could happen, and here we are. Now it took it took the Panthers seven games to do it, but they they got it done. So, and and I remember watching the first game. Um, at at uh, the bowling banquet that we were having on the last night of bowling, and the Bruins looked unbeatable. You know, they looked great to start out that game. Now, I didn't see all of it, but from what I saw, I was like, "Oh, the Bruins—they're just going to take that momentum and go right into the playoffs." And that just didn't happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's <clears throat> the the playoffs are always are always going to be a very. It's going to be maddening because it's, it's, you know, I expect this, this season was wild in the first place. If you, if you followed the season from pillar to post, regular season, it was chaotic. It was practically it was really chaotic, <laughs> especially <laughs> in the last, especially the last couple of weeks coming into the playoffs. We don't know. We didn't have certain conference. I mean, the Western conference was wide open. Yeah. The Eastern conference was pretty. Study up until yeah, was set, through the wild yeah. card through the wild card the wild card. We didn't really know who's going to be the teams until the last couple of days of the season. I think, I think, I think the rain, the, the, excuse me, the Islanders who were bounced in six games by the Carolina hurricanes, uh, they were the last one to get in. Uh, they had, they had, they had the uh, wait until game 82 to figure out to, uh, to, to get in. Uh and in the Western Conference, it was it was waiting for the who, it was waiting for who was going to win their who, who was going to win their divisions. So it's between Vegas Vegas and Edmonton, a little bit Seattle here and there. They were in the contention for the Pacific Division. The same thing for the Central. There were three teams can there were two teams in contention for the Central all season, and came down to the last game, and Colorado ap- ha- happened to win the the Central Division. We'll get to them in just a moment, <laughs> but. The the playoffs are always going to be a di- different animal because yeah. with the Stanley Cup playoffs, you don't know who's going to be coming out of the coming out. You, you know who's going to be who you know who's going to be the, the the team that wins the whole thing. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, we haven't had a President's Cup. We haven't had a President's Trophy winner win the Stanley Cup since twenty thirteen. Uh, the Blackhawks were the last to do it, so. For Boston to get bounced, I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked. I mean, it's, yes, it's a, it's a, in terms of history, playoff history, yes, it's a pretty monumental upset. Hmm. And I actually put out a poll uh, this this afternoon. I voted. (laughs) (laughs) And I gave four choices because only, because Twitter only allows four choices. But these are the ones that came to mind. I said, I said, what, but what's the greatest Stanley Cup playoffs upset of all time? That happened between this yes last night between Florida and Boston, Florida over Boston, nineteen ninety four San Jose over Detroit, two thousand six Edmonton over Detroit, or nineteen ninety eight Ottawa over New Jersey. With zero percent, it was Ottawa over New Jersey. I don't think anybody remembers mm-hmm. going that far back about how <laughs> New Jersey was the my New Jersey Devils were the first one seed to be bounced by an eight seed in the playoffs. Yeah, and then it happened again the next year, nineteen ninety nine. So awesome there uh in third place was 1994 uh the san jose sharks who were an expansion team a few years before upset the detroit Red wings in the first round of the stanley cup playoffs in the western conference in third place i'm saying second place was your edmonton Mm -hmm. oilers in 2006 beating detroit in the first round of the playoffs another one another eight over one
2: one yeah
0: and I wouldn't say I would say running away with it was Florida over Boston. So,
2: yeah, it's, that, it's, it's this is a huge upset because I
0: think, it was yes, a, I think it was a 43 point
2: differential between the both those teams during the season. Yeah. yeah. And it was. And I, I will be candid. That is the choice that I voted for. Um, I remember now. Now, I will be honest. In 94, I wasn't really following hockey to the degree um, so I didn't I didn't have much in input on the Sharks versus the Red Wings, even though I know those mid to late 90s to early 2000s. Red Wings teams were beasts. Yes. Um, they were a perennial powerhouse all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I the reason I did not pick Edmonton and Detroit, because I thought about it uh, for a wh- for a while. I thought about it. I gave it some consideration, but I would argue that in 2006, that Edmonton team—if and and I could be misremembering because I'm I'm going back a little ways here—but that that team will always be stuck in my mind because nobody expected them to do anything. They, right. uh, uh, but I would argue with some of the acquisitions that they had. They were that they, they that was the year that they traded for Pronger. Um, mm-hmm. and that was the year also that they acquired Rollison at the deadline. And for people that didn't watch a lot of Oilers games, they kind of caught fire to get in. They got in that year. They, they, they didn't get in, you know, it wasn't fait accompli that they were going to get in. They got in at, at the eight as the eight seed, but because they had to treat every game, like it was a playoff game just to get in, they, they were ready. They were ready with a playoff mindset, and also Dwayne Rollison cannot be overstated what he did for that team to shore up the goaltending that year. And mm-hmm. it kind of all fell apart against the the Carolina Hurricanes, much to my chagrin. But
0: yeah, I wouldn't say it fell apart. they were down three one in that series in the Stanley in the Stealing Cup final that year, and they won the last. They won
2: two yeah, games to they, force a game seven. Yeah, they did battle back, but it was just. I don't know. I think maybe – because I started to think that year that they were like a team of destiny. I mean, Fernando Pisani came up huge for them, game after game. Sean Horkoff, Mm -hmm. you know, he was – Alex Hemsky. Oh, Alez Hemsky, one of my favorite Oilers, number 83. I loved him. Uh, You know, they they had so many people that came up big, but uh, Pisani was unbelievable in that playoff series with clutch goals. But I just feel like they kind of – they ran out of gas a little bit, but like I said, I don't have huge memories of that, that, uh, that series. It's starting to fade from my memory a little bit now, but I mean, I was still living at my mom's house when I watched that series, but I, I just say that this is this upset of the Panthers versus the Bruins is a slightly bigger deal because like I said, Edmonton was, they, they had some sneaky acquisitions that year. And also they had been playing in a playoff mindset for a little while before everything started. So that's why I gave the slight edge to the Bruins Panthers upset. I mean, this is a big upset.
0: Yeah. I, I, I mentioned to somebody last night, he just went Ryan, please. I'm like, no, not <laughs> Ryan, please. This is a huge up. This is a monumental, it's a pretty monumental upset. I mean, I mean, if you're, if you're in Florida, I mean, Let's put it this way: South Florida, for the last, for the first four months of the year, has been a sports. How could I say this? A sports uh, desert. Not no, not a de- no, not a desert. It's been a, a sports oasis. Oh yeah, fruitful. Yeah, Florida, Florida Atlantic going to the Final Four for the first time ever. The Florida Panthers upsetting the President's Cup trophy winning. Boston Bruins team mm-hmm. the Miami Dolphins going to playoffs much to my chagrin because I'm a Jets yeah, fan that's yeah
1: it, 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 it,
0: that that area I mean if you're a sports fan in South Florida you gotta be grinning ear to ear right now because of the fact that you're now you got more playoff hockey coming up yeah. and you're you're having fun of your South Florida fan I mean Granted, it would. Uh, oh, and the Miami Heat too. They advent, Yeah, they, they were they were the eight seed being the one seed in the uh, Eastern Conference of the NBA playoffs. Yeah, and I was just going to say, Marlins, Butler. The Marlins not so much.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's they're 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 lagging behind. They, uh but I mean, yeah, you got to be, you got to be happy. And obviously, the Bucks are rebuilding now. But you know, they were they they had their moments. You know, yeah, in recent history.
0: Yeah, and now the Bucks are a. Uh, uh, what are they? Uh, should should we call them a dumpster fire? Where should they, should we say they're rebuilding? Because I got a secret. I, I wouldn't say a secret, but I got to say, it if I really was hoping the Buccaneers would have would have drafted Will Levis. Oh yeah. On, on Monday on uh on Thursday night. Well, there was. <laughs> because, I mean, I th- because I thought of, that- because the quarterback room of <laughs> quarterback room of Kyle Trask. Baker Mayfield and Will Levis would have been out of sight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I said it last year on our NFL preview show. Baker Mayfield's coming out with that energy, and he's no. I'm not. I'm not doing that. <laughs> again. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> oh man! But I, you know, I was that was the thing. I was shocked not to not to jump a little into uh, a preview of what's to come on the show. But I was. I thought the Colts were gonna take Will Levis, but I think that was probably a draft smokescreen because they were coming out and telling everybody they couldn't take <laughs> couldn't wait to take Will Levis. So uh but he he uh waited a bit to hear his name called, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, we'll get to the NFL draft in a little bit. Uh but before we but before we continue continuing on with our conversation about the uh about uh the Stanley Cup playoffs. We had another upset last night in the fact that the Seattle Kraken upset the Colorado Avalanche, the defending Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche, yes. in seven games. That was unexpected, Dustin. I mean, you're, oh. this is a, for, this, for another another expansion team to go to the playoffs this soon in their history and advance in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's this is a good thing for the league, I think.
2: Yeah. Oh, and it's impressive too. Uh, you know, everybody remembers what the golden Knights did in their, in their, in their first year. I mean, that was crazy, but the Kraken, this is, I mean, when you, when you saw them play last year, you're like, Oh man, this team, this team's going to have some growing pains. They, you know, um, they, they've got a little bit to go, but they put it together much faster than I thought they would. And, you know, this one this one made me smile a little bit. I am a loyal Edmonton fan through and through. They've been my hockey team for a long time. But I do have to say, seeing the Kraken, first of all, I just want to say unleash the Kraken. That unleash that makes me that makes me happy. <laughs> but also seeing knowing the kind of sports town on a periphery level, Seattle's a great sports town. And knowing that they have this now they have a hockey team and also former oiler Jordan Eberle plays for the uh, Kraken, too. So it made yep. you smile to see Jordan Eberle out there still doing things. Um and also, people, it's just getting crazy. I, I follow a lot of Seahawks stuff on online, and uh, people were treating, tweeting out pictures of uh, Russell Wilson and Sierra at the game and Avs jerseys, and they said the real reason that the Kraken won last night. You know? Oh, no. Just, it, just keeps, it just keeps going. It's the but, gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. But, I mean, I do have to admit, this one made me smile a bit because i if I have no – what about you, Ryan? But if I have no uh, dog in the fight, so to speak, I always root for the upset. That's that's just yeah. the way I go. You got to root for the upset,
0: especially in this. I mean, this is this is why I love Stanley Cup playoffs. I, it is the best time of the year for 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 playoffs. And we got some comments, and we got we got some uh, comments in the comments section, of course. Jeff saying, "Is it a sin if I'm getting some shot and Freud from the Bruins losing like they did?" <laughs>
2: Oh, no, let's see. <laughs>
0: no. no, and actually, it's funny. I went on Twitter last night. And I said, and I, and I had posted a picture uh, of Ben Affleck uh, with the uh, smoking outside, looking very tortured. <laughs> I was like, I said, "Live look at Boston. Live look at Boston right now." And oh it's just man, him in misery, smoking <laughs> <sweating> a cigarette. <laughs> Kevin says, "Get ready for t- Stars cracking t- starting tomorrow. We have tickets for Thursday.
2: Nice. Oh man, that's awesome." That's yeah. awesome to, to be there live.
0: Man, that's fun. That's fun. I'm I'm a I'm a jealous guy. Although I admit, although I did go in 2003, I went I did go to see the uh New Jersey Devils and Ottawa Senators in game five of the uh Eastern Conference final. No, no, game four of the Eastern Conference final. That was back at the old barn at the uh Meadowlands Meadowlands Arena, which was Continental Airlines Arena that time. That was fun.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, that was yeah. fun. Saw
0: the save, the, saw the save of the year, Brodeur on his belly making a save in the, in that game too. It was it was awesome.
2: Martin Brodeur.
0: Martin Brodeur. All yeah. right. NH, Kevin also says NHL first round blows the doors off of the NBA first round. No doubt about it. I agree. Oh, agree for sure.
2: Agree for sure. But I do. You know, there was. I was hoping against hope that the Kings would knock off the Warriors. Nothing against the Warriors, but I just wanted to see. I just wanted to see that young young King uh King's team surprise everybody but yeah uh and to me to me most years I feel like the the NHL playoffs outshine the NBA playoffs I feel like most years that's the case
0: yeah I just don't disagree there I do not disagree with you there all right so moving on to Jeff who asked Kevin Wilson normally Definitely this year's NBA was better than usual. Heat Bucks and Golden State Sacramento had some great games this year. I mm-hmm. uh, I would say with the exception of game seven of Golden State Sacramento, that was kind of a that's kind of a flop. Uh but and it, but you kind of also knew was uh the the Warriors are they're they're a veteran team.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you I kind of knew that they were gonna come through. It was just interesting to see that the home team wins the first. The home team wins the first uh, four games, then the away then the away team wins the next three.
2: <laughs> yeah, that that it out. doesn't happen. That's that's very uncommon.
0: And but Steph I, Curry and Steph Curry dropped fifty for the yes. this game record. It's a record fifty points in a game seven. That's crazy.
2: Yeah, he is. I mean, he's going to go down as the best shooter. Um, I mean, I I don't think we're saying with hyperbole he's going to go down as the best shooter ever. You know, there's nobody – I mean, Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, they were known for their three-point shots. I think Steph is getting to the point where he has surpassed them in some way, and I think his game is a little more offensively well-rounded. I know there's probably going to be Reggie Miller fans that come for me, but he just – I mean it's crazy. I don't
0: think they would ar- I don't think they would, they would argue with you.
2: Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't see how you can. And and that's the thing and I'm guilty of it too. Um we we tend to get sick of seeing players that keep you know these ultra successful teams that just keep winning and winning. It's human nature. We resent it unless we're a fan of the team. But I think as the years go by we're going to appreciate the greatness um, that we've that we've been witnessing the last few years.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, Kevin says, "Unfortunately, the road ends for the Kraken against the Stars." Was are big words, man? I yeah, I hope
2: not. I hope I not. No, because I'll tell you, if if the Oilers go out, which I was biting my nails a few times during that King series, but they managed to pull they managed to pull it out. Um, but if the Oilers go out, I and the Kraken are still in. That's who I'm rooting for that's what that's what i'm rooting for um who knows who knows what can happen
0: and he also says stars wild was my first nhl playoff experience it was it was awesome yeah uh, <clears throat> if you get, if you can excuse me if you can get to a an nhl playoff game do it do it honestly it's it's such a great experience it's so much fun the crowd gets loud the, the atmosphere is just the atmosphere is just amazing. It's absolutely positively amazing. So if you find yourself if, if you can get yourself into a uh to a playoff game, by all means do it.
2: Have you I gotta ever put been to that on my bucket. Game? I never have. I gotta put that on my uh bucket list. I've been to live NHL games, which which I love, you know. Even when my first NHL game was Penn's Islanders, I didn't I don't care about either of those teams, but it was just great to be at a game. And watch it. I watched it at the old Nassau Coliseum down in Long Island.
0: Nice. And now they got a brand brand new arena, UBS Arena, which I which I have been told is the jewel uh, is the jewel of the of every NHL arena. But then again, most NHL new NHL arenas (laughs) are always called gems. So yeah,
2: yeah, (laughs) yes. And then obviously, who could forget the New Year's shootout? that i went to with you your yep. devils and my oillanders, the oilers they were that was a great game that was a fun
0: game that was yeah. a fun game well we're gonna take a quick commercial break we'll come back we'll we'll talk some major league baseball and uh we'll keep we'll keep we'll keep going here no credentials required stay tuned in the clutch features the best and officially licensed mlbpa and mlspa clothing in the Clutch features teams from every city like New York, Boston, Philadelphia, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and more. It also features designs for every league including Major League Baseball, the National Football League, the NBA, and the NHL. Plus, check out exclusive collections as well as vintage wear. Head to intheclutch.com, enter promo code NOCreds at checkout for 10% off your order. That's right, folks, in the clutch.com is where you can pick up some really nifty, nifty T-shirts, MLSPA, MLBPA, and they're also the officially licensed wear for the, the Savannah Bananas baseball team. If you uh-huh. haven't got a chance to watch some Savannah Bananas baseball on YouTube, <clears throat> don't watch it now because you're watching on no credentials required, but <laughs> I, I'm, I, they're actually coming to Cooperstown in September. It's the last stop on their world tour. Uh, for oh. 2023. So I got myself in the lottery for tickets. I'm hoping to get mine. So I go out and see this uh, go out and see the Savannah bananas in Cooperstown. And maybe I'll be wearing one of my InTheClutch.com uh, in the clutch.com apparel. So you go to in the enter promo code no creds in the promo code for a checkout. You get 10% off your order. You also help the show by buying a buying a t-shirt, buying some appa- buying apparel buying mugs, whatever you can find at intheclutch.com. They got really good stuff. So go ahead, get yourself a T-shirt or other apparel at intheclutch.com. So let's talk about Major League Baseball, Dustin. We've got some... uh, Things to talk about what's going on with the New York Yankees. I don't uh, yeah, well, it's a well, uh, it's brutal. They're tied for last in the American League East. And I know a lot of people who are listening or watching are, are laughing, who are not Yankees fans, are laughing. If you're a Red Sox fan, you're like, oh, here we're here again.
2: Yeah. Yeah. This I think I think the main thing, and and not to break it down, um not to break it down so simply, but I think the main thing is you realize just how important Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, even though he's oft injured, you realize how important those two bats are to the lineup. You know, these, these, by early appearances, these are not, these are not the Yankee lineups of old where if if a couple of stars go down, there are other offensive weapons in there to just pick it up. I mean, Rizzo was on fire last year um, when he was acquired but I don't know. I I just you you know Aaron Judge how important he is, but I guess you didn't realize how important. Uh, so I think that's that's one of the first problems with with the Yankees is that those two big bats are not in the lineup, and they're scuffling. They're scuffling without them.
0: Mm-hmm. They're kind of treading water right now. And Junk John, John Carlos Stanton is also out of the lineup. Of course.
2: Yep. That yeah. Guys
0: made a that guys made a glass. I swear, I swear. He he and their is. pitching is and their pitching has been abysmal lately. Yesterday, as evidenced by that fifteen to two loss in Texas. I'm sorry, American League West leading Texas Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> add that they're still in first place in the AL West. Some is it is it is this necessarily cashman's uh, uh, brian cashman's fault i asked that because there was an interesting poll that uh our buddy brent from the 1420 podcast which is another podcast on belly up sports he 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 put out a poll on twitter asking if brian cashman should be fired and one of the, the choices were yes he should be fired he's the one who built this roster the other choice was no he can't control injuries i'm on the side of no he can't control injuries yeah yeah but also He's the guy who signed some of these veterans. He kept, he retained Josh Donaldson. Mm-hmm. He he is sticking by John Carlos Stanton, who is unfortunately still injured once again. Yeah. He signed Carlos Rondon, who we don't know when he's going to be making his debut. Yep. So yep. he kept these guys or retained these guys, and they're injured. Mm-hmm. and it's 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 unfortunate you can't control injuries but at the same time you can't just have blind loyalty because you decide to to, to retain him to retain his yeah. players
2: yeah i mean i don't put as much of it on cashman i think he should have some of the blame because as you pointed out he's the one that gave these contracts he's the one that gave some of the extensions and they all they also acquired Frankie Montas last right. year and he's trade hurt trade deadline mm-hmm. yeah so it just the pitching has been has been the thing that we can't figure out over the last few years or the Yankees I don't want to fall into the wee the sports fan, yeah. we, you know, everybody should say you, you shouldn't play. say
0: we, you shouldn't say we. You're not part of the team. Yeah, Listen, I paid 13 bucks for a beer at Yankee Stadium, at least
2: 25 dollars <laughs> yeah. for a GD hamburger and fries. Yeah, it's we. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a major, a minority stake in the team now, but uh, but at the that- same. The minority
0: Steak. <laughs> <laughs> by, by the way, coming soon, to, minor, Minority
2: Steak Grill. Go yeah. ahead. Oh, you should do that. Hey, but, there's an ad. There's yeah. an ad. <laughs> but, uh, you know, at the same time, you you cannot control injuries. You cannot – I mean, you can, to some degree, you can look at a player's history and go, oh, man, I you know, I don't know if I should – sign this person to a long-term deal or whatever, but you can't always control injuries. Some, some freak things happen. I can't remember what sport or what player it was, but this is, and this is uh, apparently the story that was out there. But I remember there was a story about a player who tripped on a McDonald's bag that was on the floor he was eating McDonald's. The McDonald's bag was on the floor, was under his foot. He slipped and like put his hand through glass, like a glass table or something, trying to break, trying to break his fall. And it was because of a McDonald's bag. And, and like, and who could forget? Who could forget Dustin Penner, one-time Anaheim hey, Duck, King who was given Penner. that huge contract by the Edmonton Oilers. And he said that he injured himself cutting into a stack of his wife's delicious pancakes, which the fact that he had to say they were delicious, they probably sucked. I mean, let's be, <laughs> let's be honest about it. Because if he's going into the media and he's like, oh, they were delicious. Are you disparaging Mrs. Penner's <laughs> pancakes? I, I am. I am because of the – so, I mean, you you can't control some of that. And you also can't control when um, notorious piece of garbage Jeff Kent uh, broke his hand riding a motorcycle in the early 2000s or late 90s, and it was part of this contract that he wasn't supposed to. So he said he broke his hand washing his car. (laughs) But (laughs) but Jeff Kent, not – no, reportedly not the oh nicest gosh, guy. I totally forgot. I totally <laughs> forgot about that. But but you
0: can't. And we can. Never for, and we can never forget Sammy Sosa having to go in the IL because of uh, he 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 threw out his back
2: sneezing. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I used to make fun of Sammy all the time, and then cut to last year. I sneezed in my car on the way to work, and my neck hurt for two days, and I couldn't turn I- my head.
0: I strain my I strain my my trapezius muscle. Blow, I try to when I had a cold. I had a cold one time,
2: and I strained
0: my trapezius muscle blowing my nose.
2: <laughs> oh man! So yeah, <laughs> to circle it all the way back around. We can't blame Cashman for some of this, but he That's does like... deserve some of the blame because, like you said, yeah. he's the one that extended. He's the one who, part, who constructs the roster with yep. Uh, yep. with old Booney's help and it's not it's not the it's not the front office's job to make plays on the field but mm-hmm. you know they do deserve some of the blame
0: yeah i, I it's going to be a while before cashman even is uh, is thought of being fired or retires he's been in that role for almost 30 years now can you if you can believe it
2: yeah and i know i know there's a lot of yankee fans that have problems with cashman but he, the Yankees, and it's not just because of their payroll, all right. Because uh, everybody says, "Oh, big payroll, big payroll." They can go out and they can get the free agents. That's why big payroll. But some of it has to be. Cashman makes some of the decisions, and they've been they've been in the playoffs quite a bit over the last few years, and they've and they've made they've made some recent deep runs into the playoffs, like not to the, the Dodgers. The Dodgers have a massive payroll and they've, mm-hmm. they've been bounced in the playoffs uh, in the first round a few times. And the Padres, I mean, look, what's going on with them. Look at the kind of money they threw around, you know? So you get, you Cashman's been pretty consistent over the years of feeling a good team, especially for the regular season. So that has to mean something, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I- at the end of the day it's going to come down to the players it's going to come down to the the manager to see what he do see does i mean remember 2019 if you remember 2019 dustin the yankees led the league and man games lost and they still found a way to win the American League East and advance to the advance to the ALCS so this team can i don't we give as yankee fans we give aaron boone a lot of flack for the decisions yeah. he makes, because he relies too much in the analytics, you a nerd. But <laughs> but at the same time, he knows how to manage his roster, and he should have won Manager of the Year in twenty nineteen. He should have done it. He should have won. Yeah, yeah. It's Rocco Baldelli instead.
2: <laughs> I am, you know, as a side note, though, I am I am happy to see Rocco Baldelli in the game of baseball doing well because to me, I was always. He was that Tampa Bay Devil Ray prospect that you wonder what could have been if he could have stayed healthy. I mean, he just – he. so it's good to see Rocco Baldelli back in the game and, and doing well as manager of the Twins, I believe, right? Yes, the yeah.
0: Minnesota Twins. Yeah. Yes. So. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going – yeah, well, it's a long season. Yes. We just, we just finished the first month – officially finished the first month of the season. We got a long way to go till October.
2: Yep. October yeah, slash it's, November. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And regarding regarding the Red Sox, I, I haven't watched many of their games uh at all. But from what I gather, I think their main problem is pitching. And uh Chris Sale, let me tell you, he looks bad. <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs> that's the that's the only thing that I can really um glean is that their pitching just isn't there
0: no i mean the hitting's always going to be there for for the uh for the red Sox, red Sox but yeah. this year for some reason it's they just they, they just can't seem to get it together pitching pitching wise so and I, I guess one of their bigger pro- one of their prospect uh one of their prospects is uh has a uh arm injury he we don't know what's what's going on with him so another 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 red sox pitcher hitting the uh biting the dust when it comes to uh when it comes to uh the lineup but we th- in addition to the yankees let's move on from, we're going to move on from the yankees we're gonna talk about two teams in major league mm-hmm. baseball 120 like 20 games this month the Tampa bay rays and the pittsburgh pirates and dustin you know i've been singing the praises of the pittsburgh pirates over the last month or so eh. I'm still going to continue it until they until they slide, but to be to be honest, did you expect
2: either of these two teams to have 20 wins this soon in the season? I didn't. I no. I did not think so. Um, the pirates. The pirates are the ones that really surprised me. I had yeah. no. I I had no inkling that this was coming. Uh, Tampa Bay, because of what they've done the last few years and kind of the unconventional way that they that they do things. I was like, they will find a way to be a competitive team, but I didn't think, I didn't think it would be like this. The only troubling news that I see coming out of Tampa is their, their, their closer, uh, Pete Fairbanks. He's been having bouts with renounce syndrome and it's caused him Mm -hmm. to leave games early because uh, his hand goes numb. So they've got to figure out what's causing that uh, but I mean they've had some players like they called up Taj Bradley he looked really good um, they sent him down back down I don't I don't think he'll be down there for long not with the way he pitched on his first stint up there but Tampa Tampa was much less surprising to me than the Pirates the Pirates just came out of left field and I thought oh this is this is a flash in the pan um, but for them to have 20 20 wins uh, at this point in the season you could look at it you could say uh, oh well it's only the first month but you know um there's something there and i thought i thought the uh i thought the uh, O'Neill cruz injury was going to really hurt them but they yep. they are playing very well and they gave uh your candidate in the battle of the brians they gave him an extension did they not yeah a, they gave a him 100
0: and Five million dollar expen- extension. I so he's think gonna be so. in Pittsburgh for he's, he got paid. Yeah, and got paid. Good for him. Yeah, because I know for a long time there were rumors that they were gonna try to move him because he was too expensive. But apparently, he's too valuable to the team now. Now that they're one of the first two teams that the the two of the teams that have twenty plus w- twenty wins in the first month of the season, it's too valuable not to move now. Yeah. So he's gonna stay. He's gonna stay in Pittsburgh for at least. At least the next eight years or so. Yeah, and I, I looked up and I, like I looked up Raynaud's disease. I said, uh, according to Mayo Clinic, it says that Raynaud's disease causes smaller arteries that blood supply blood flow to the skin to narrow in response to colder stress. So if you're in a colder environment, they're going to tighten those arteries are going to tighten up, and you're not going to not going to have circula- proper circulation to those uh, places. And I guess it, I guess it affects. Primarily the uh, the hands,
2: so yeah, yeah, which is not good for a pitcher, you know. No,
0: it is not. It is I, definitely not.
2: <laughs> he's just. I I hope they can figure something out, but he's just lucky that he plays most of his uh, at least half his games in a dome. So yeah. yeah. So
0: speaking speaking of Battle of the Bryans, let's give you an update on the Battle of the Bryans. So, Brian Reynolds, as we mentioned before, uh, currently he's hitting 320 with five home runs and twenty three RBIs. Brian Anderson of the Milwaukee Brewers batting 255, also with five home runs and 20 RBIs.
2: So my Brian, Brian Reynolds. Yeah, you're getting that 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 coffee. coffee. (laughs) You're getting that coffee because I, because let me tell you, I, they are evenly matched in powers so far. Five home runs, five home runs, RBI's uh, Brian Anderson is not that far off the pace, but the batting average, the batting average is what's going to kill me. (laughs) <laughs> yep Yep. yeah so
0: before we move on before we take another quick commercial break i want to talk about this this is this is a minor league moment of the week which is brought to you by manscaped uh the a cardinals outfield uh, infielder a plays triple plays for triple A uh triple a affiliate for the uh for the st louis cardinals the springfield cardinals His name is chandler redmond Chandler Redmond did something very unusual for triple a baseball, a double a for minor league baseball. He smashed a 485 foot home run. Wow. On Sunday afternoon. So I'm going to play that clip right now. Just trying to get to the uh, right spot here. And I'll share my screen if you're watching live or on the replay. All right, here we go.
1: All right. Runner at second. Enlo trying to get out of it. Here's a fly ball, a monster shot to right. Holland just going to turn around and just watch that one bang off the building. Chandler Redmond with a monster home run to right. Well, that ball Man. went 485 feet. That hit above the museum and just hammered. The administrative building in right field, just beneath the window of Bob Millette's office, a three-run blast.
2: Man, that yeah, that looked like a derby home run. Honest it did. Man, that looked like a home run derby home run. It did. It, it's
0: John uh, Carlson hit a four hundred eighty-five foot home run uh, last month. And Chandler Redmond with a 480 foot tank, tank, he raked that ball too. That that ball was, that ball was sinking.
2: Oh yeah, just happened to get under
0: it and like a golf, like a golf shot. He just got under
2: it and hits the museum. <laughs> oh, so you mean, so you mean he hits like David Ortiz used to? It was either it was a golf swing or nothing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, much respect for David Ortiz. He was always a Yankee killer. I, I hated seeing him come up to the plate, but it always felt like that's what he was doing. He was up there golf swinging, and he either really got under the ball or he missed. <laughs> yep, exactly.
0: All right, we're going to take one more quick commercial break. We come back. When we're going to talk about the NFL draft, and we're going to talk about some local news here in the Albany area involving one of the local oh. – Sports teams, a crazy story going on. So we'll be right back in just a moment. You're watching watching or listening to No Credentials Required.
1: We have breaking news. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to tame your mane. No one likes a weird beard, so say goodbye to all your stubble and trouble with Manscaped Pro Beard Kit. It all starts with the Beard Hedger. This thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces. First off, this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard, so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. That's right, face grooming doesn't need to be hard. Get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. Plus, it's waterproof, so you can shave in the shower to avoid all that hair in the sink. The titanium-coated T-Blade is tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. So make sure you get 20% off and free shipping when you go to manscaped.com by using the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Once again, that's 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com.
0: Actually, the promo code is now Belly Up20. So you can go to manscaped.com and get the beard trimmer like I have. Uh, it's a great beard trimmer. Get yourself the the, the lawmower 4.0 if you're if you're a dude. Also get some other products like the uh, like the uh, beard shampoo, and they actually just released a new loofah too. So go to manscaped.com you use promo code belly up20. You get 20% off your order, and and you get free shipping uh, before we go on to our next topic of discussion uh jeff <laughs> notes wow sounds like yanks
2: fans really know how to panic <laughs> not not panicking just a little you know just a little some observations about how thin our lineup is <laughs>
0: yeah we're very concerned uh, he also yeah. says uh, go jays and uh kevin asks are the pirates for real or too early to tell that's a great question. That's honestly a great question. Cause yeah. Cause I mean, right now they look like they're for real, even with O'Neill Cruz out of the lineup, they looked like they're for real.
2: Yeah. Uh, they've, they've obviously got some team chemistry and uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I am. I am a skeptic, um, but even I, the longer this goes on, the more I have to say they're real. And Because, I mean, Connor Joe is hitting well for them right now. He's yep. is a, a one-time uh, highly-touted prospect. They've just got people performing for them right now.
0: Yeah, and Andrew McCutcheon coming back to Pittsburgh to be kind of the glue guy is uh, is huge. And every time I watch highlights clips of the Pirates and they're they're hitting tanks or they're getting runs scored, you always see them draw the sword, draw the sword. And just they're having fun. They're having fun. It just seems like a good team with a lot of good chemistry. And again, and Andrew McCutcheon is uh, the guy. The guy who's kind of kind of being that glue guy Mm -hmm. when it comes to uh, when it comes to being that veteran presence in the locker room. It's like, yeah, I've been, yeah, I, I, he's he's been he's been in and he's been in the playoffs with these Pirates teams before.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he, he brings some much needed experience to this team. At, at at this point, he's not the player he was when he was a thrilling young prospect with the Pirates. Mm-hmm. And he went on to some of the other teams that he played on are escaping me right now. Uh, the Yankees, the Phillies, and
0: I can't remember the other team. Uh, I know he was definitely because he was traded to the Yankees. He had to cut off his uh, lovely dreadlocks. And oh, gym. yes.
2: Yes. Because of the old Yankee rule. Uh, it always makes me think of uh, that Simpsons. Mattingly, I thought I told you to shave those sideburns. <laughs> <laughs> he has like nothing on his head. Oh, man, You're fired. That's a classic. That's a classic, <laughs> that's that's a a classic episode. episode. Yeah, Mordecai, so, so, Mordecai Three Finger Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Murderer's Row. He's assembling all those players from like 1909 sir they're, they're all they're all passed on yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: so McCuncheon has played for in addition to the pirates he's also played for the the giants the yankees okay. the phillies and the brewers
2: all right yeah yeah but this is a this is a welcome homecoming thank you i could remember that I, I was confident about the phillies and i was confident about the giants and i do remember his yankee stint but Everything else, I knew there were other teams in there, and we've saw what happened when I try to go off the uh, off the cuff. It, 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 a, a Frank Wycheck happens. So, <laughs> so, so, thanks for verifying that for me. Not a problem, not a problem.
0: So, we're going to review our teams, our respective teams, NFL drafts. Uh, Dustin is a tried and true Seattle Seahawks fan, as you all know. I am a very long-suffering New York Jets fan. Uh, Dustin, I'm going to start with you in regards to how the Seattle Seahawks drafted. What were your impressions of what the Seattle uh, Seahawks did on Thursday night into the weekend?
2: Uh, now, okay, I'm going to say the only round that I saw all of was the first round. Yeah. I, I was I was tuned in Thursday night, like a lot of people were, to watch the first round, and initially. Initially, I was surprised that the Seahawks went cornerback with their fifth round pick. But after I thought about it a little bit more, um, this is a classic Pete Carroll pick. He's always loved athletic uh, cover corners for the system that he runs. And and I don't know much about college football, but with what people are saying about Weatherspoon, he's going to pair great with Tariq Woolen on the other side. Um, so to me, this is a very Seahawks pick. It's consistent. Uh, I love the pick of uh, Jackson Najigba. I think I'm saying that right. Mm-hmm. And uh, of Ohio State at at, at wide receiver, that that wide receiver room is going to be tough to beat if you if you put Najigba in the spot in the slot, and then you've got DK on the outside, and you got Lockett on the other side. Like mm-hmm. that's going to be and offensive, that's thats quite a combination. And hopefully he pans out. But I from what I know of his route running, he can change direction easily. So I do like these first picks. There was a part of me that wondered if they would have taken Richardson at five had the Colts not snatched him up. <laughs> a lot of people talking about Anthony Richardson and the Seahawks being a good fit. And even there were reports that – Pete Carroll was honest with Geno Smith and he, he talked to him before the draft. He said, you know, quarterback is on our radar tonight. We may take a quarterback with one of these high picks, but you never know. Teams run a lot of smoke screens re- leading up to the draft because they don't want people to know who they're truly targeting. Uh, a lot of people were – I was happy to see them grab a center. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, a, that's a need that I think they really needed to shore up the, the, the line. Um, and a lot of people were disappointed in the Zach Charbonneau uh, pick, not necessarily because of the the player that he is. I think a lot of people just thought that Seattle drafted him too early when there were more talented players, in their opinion, on the board. But my counter to that is look at their recent past with their running backs. Right now, uh, uh, Kenneth Walker is, along with – I'm trying to remember if DJ Dallas is still on the roster. There were, there were not very many running backs on the on the roster. Penny's in Philly now. Um mm-hmm. and also then Chris Carson had early retirement because of neck injuries. So they were two draft picks, Rashad Penny and Chris Carson, that had injury history. And uh the one thing that I've noticed about um Kenneth Walker the third. He's explosive. I love having him on the team. I think he's going to be a star, but he's a little—he's a little more slight. In he, hes a bit of a smaller back, and he—he he kind of is more of like an outside runner. So I think the Charbonneau pick is—is is running back depth, and also to—to to prevent f- injuries from torpedoing the team. So I did not mind the running back uh, pick, um, but everything else. I mean, I liked. They did enough last year to remind me that okay, Pete Carroll and John Schneider have they hit on every single draft pick? No, but can they grab some late round value? And are they trying to uh, trying to build a specific type of team? I think they are, and I think I think with the draft um, over the weekend, they they took more steps towards doing that. So overall, I. I I'm happy. I mean, obviously, we don't know how these players are going to pan out, but but I'm happy with uh, with the with the draft, okay. So for my New York Jets,
0: I'm looking at their player picks. <clears throat> they drafted will McDonald the fourth uh, as their first overall pick. And some are saying it was a panic move. Some were saying it's a reach because uh, because the top four tackles got selected first before. Uh, Joe Douglas could get his hands on him. Some of it say might say it was a consequence of of trading for Aaron Rodgers. I don't think it is. And I, I looked at the tape at the tape that he has, that Will McDonald has. The guy's athletic. The guy's an athletic freak. He's he's tremendously athletic. Come on off the edge. Um, and part of it, part of the reason why they picked him was because we don't know what's going to happen with Carl Lawson. He's coming into his third year of a contract that is huge. That's going to be, a, that's a huge, it's, it's weighing down their cap right now. And we don't know what's going to happen with Bryce Huff. If he's going to resign with the team after next year, he's a fourth, it's a fourth year player. We don't know if they're going to pick up his fifth, fifth year option. And he's been equally as disruptive too. So just are thinking about the future. Ryan Clark from ESPN saying, Oh, Oh, this is a familiar feeling Aaron Rodgers. He's not getting any help, getting any draft help. Listen, They've already got a lot of weapons on offense. You got Garrett Wilson. You got Corey Davis. You got Brees Hall coming back. Yeah. You've got Miko Hardman, who signed as a one-year for a one-year fly with the Jets to see what he can do. You bring in Alan Lazard, who's already one of has somebody who's already become one of Aaron Rodgers' most reliable receivers. Mm-hmm. You've got you got Ty Conklin. You got. Uh, um uh, uh, it's CJ Azuma, Azuma, you've got weapons to build. You got weapons around him. There's, there was really was no need to pick up another wide receiver as your first overall pick. So you might as well build the trench. You might as well stack depth in the trenches where you need it. So second round comes along. I pick up Joe Titman, who I believe is the one of the top three centers. Uh, three draft, uh, three, three uh, top three center prospects. I watched some of his game tape. And he reminds me of Kevin Muy,
1: Kevin oh, Mowai, wow. who
0: back in the day was a pulling center for Curtis Martin for all those years that Curtis Martin was mm-hmm. in the building with the New York Jets at one Jets drive. He reminds me a lot of him, just a little bit taller and a little bit st- and a little bit heavier. I think he's about six five or six six. The dude is huge yeah the dude's huge he, he he i mean he's got a mullet and he's wearing a cowboy hat along with it and it was it was great to see great to see <laughs> Kevin Malai,
2: one time yeah. jet and seahawk
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah some some are some are saying he's the next next uh nick mangold we'll see we'll see but i expect him to start sometime during the year, even though they re-signed Conor McGovern before they made that trade for Aaron Rodgers, So they picked up, then they pick up Carter Warren from, from Pittsburgh. Uh, um, I think they said he didn't play last year, but he's again, more depth in the offensive line. You can never have, there's two yeah, things that Joe indeed. Douglas loves drafting. It's offensive linemen and running backs. And by the way, round five, Israel Abinaconda from Pittsburgh comes along and I saw some of his game tape too. And That guy has a nose for the football in the end zone. I I believe he finished second overall in FBS this year uh, in touchdowns, Uh, and he'll take a load off of Brees Hall. I I don't know if I don't know how ready Brees Hall will be uh, by the season comes around. He's coming off an ACL injury, a a torn ACL. Those, if if we saw, we saw what we saw with Saquon Barkley after he tore ACL, took him a good season and change to get. Reacquainted with football And we saw the season he had last year With with uh, Brian Dable Now he's an assistant with Nathan, Nathaniel Hackett uh, There'll be some, maybe some Tweaks to, to make with him With that lineup with that, line, with that uh, particular uh, System But it's definitely going to be run heavy for sure And Abinaconda is going to be a very Big asset uh, Then he picked up Zaire Barnes uh, From Western Michigan, I don't know a whole lot about him uh, Jarek Bernard Converse From LSU, they picked him up at corner. Uh, he was a converted safety. Then they pick up tight end, their seventh-round their seventh round pick, their final pick of the draft. Uh, uh, from Old Dominion, they pick up a tight end, Zach coots This kid's also an athletic, uh, also an athletic freak. Well, I understand Joe Douglas likes to go after the guys who have a high RAS score, a raw athletic score. Kootz is super athletic. Abinaconda, also very athletic. Tipman, for a Pulling for a center, he's very athletic. And McDonald's, just if you see some of his outside game tape <clears throat> where he's jumping over cars, <laughs> <laughs> dunking basketballs, and doing flips off the wall at the practice facility at Iowa State. You, you know, the they Jets had to do, do flashy things last year, and they picked up four studs that helped the team last year they didn't need to do flashy things this year. And from all the, from the, the names I saw here in the list, there really aren't a whole lot of there. There aren't nobody really stands out in terms of flashy names, but you're building depth. You're building depth in the right areas. You're building for the future because, you know, like I said, with the edge with edge, who knows how long Carl Lawson is going to be with that team, with that huge contract. And who knows if Bryce Huff will sign, will, will resign. So you got to build for the future. I'm surprised they didn't go after defensive line, interior defensive line, uh, because they need some depth help in that area after Sheldon Rankins signing with, uh, with New Orleans. But I guess they're bringing Quan Alexander. From my understand, there's rumors that Quan Alexander is coming back, which is going to be awesome because that'll help. they will actually help uh, uh, Zaire Barnes because he also plays outside linebacker, so he'll have somebody to mentor uh, for the future. All in all, I I give this uh, I give the Jets a solid B. Uh, for this draft, uh, as I said, nothing really flashy. Didn't have a whole lot of needs in terms of wider of, of offense, except for depth. And I'm pretty happy with how Joe Douglas and Robert Sala are building this team. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my view on the whole on on how the Jets did the draft. Now I'm I'm gonna probably bring in what might I might do a special Victory Monday with my buddy Dan Goldstein uh, pretty soon. He he's more of a draft nerd than I am. So he'll give a more of a proper breakdown of what positions uh, who these players are and how they stack up to the rest of the lineup. But all in all, I'm pretty, I'm pleased with how Joe Douglas drafted this uh, in this draft and how this team is being put together.
2: Yeah. It's, I, I think, you know, hope always springs eternal uh, after the draft. You know, you want, you want all these picks to pan out, uh, but Man, the draft just gets me excited for football again. And mm-hmm. I, I think for a lot of teams, I, th- I think I'm just I think I'm just happy that uh we didn't it seems like both our teams didn't have any like head scratching maneuvers, you no. know, that 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 didn't uh didn't prompt one talking to
0: you, one, Tennessee Titans. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that prompted one of the greatest graphics I've ever seen in ESPN history. Angry Trent Dilfer <laughs> when somebody when somebody uh, I I can't remember it was either when the Vikings selected Christian Ponder as high as they did or when the Denver Broncos selected Tim Tebow I can't remember which uh, which which draft that was but it was uh, somebody on the ESPN team I think was having a little fun because the graphic just. Flashed under an angry Trent tilt. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. Uh, so, I'm looking it man. up
0: right now. <laughs> see, see, who he went nuts for.
2: <laughs> it might have been. Yeah, I think it was either it was either Tebow or Ponder, but I can't remember. Because um, if memory serves, I think the Vikings drafted Christian Ponder high. They did. They yeah. did. Uh, <laughs> But, yeah, that – so we didn't have any head-scratching maneuvers, and I'm thankful. There's always – you know, the Raiders were always good for that under Al Davis, Uh, Al Davis in later years. You know, no disrespect to Al, but uh, he was still trying to build his team as if it was 1985. And uh, some of the picks that he made in the first round, you know, you see some of the analysts just sit there and go, hey – but you know, um, some of them did pan out. You know, that he he ended up being he ended up being right about. Uh, oh, geez, wide receiver. started with the Raiders. He was very young. Played with the Browns this year. Was on the Cowboys. Had some good seasons. Why can't I think? Oh, who is it? All right. Well, I'm gonna look it up. Browns. Current. Well, well, you looked that up. I'm gonna switch topics to
0: uh, a local flavor here in the Albany, New York area, the Albany empire football team. This is, this has just been the weirdest month in terms of what's been happening with the Albany empire. Two weeks before the season begins the, their season with the NAL begins the three time champion, uh, Albany empire. They fire their head coach, fire their head coach for the last two of the last two seasons. They win first game. Same game they lose on the last play of the game this week they lose again but then we come to find and but after first after the first game um after after the, after the first game um three executives leave which includes the local ownership one of the local owners he sells the team to antonio brown for a dollar wow. and two exec- executives and that includes one of my the full closure my good Friend Jeff Levac, who is uh, back on the radio today, I was, I was also with uh, my other buddy Tom Gozlaski. So, Levac and Gaz are back on the air 3 yeah. to 5 p.m. on 95.9 and 980 Fox Sports Radio. Uh, shameless plug for those two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, three ownership, local ownership sells the team back to AB for a dollar. Two executives leave. And then this story came up this afternoon that eight players have been suspended from the team and the head new coach who was there after Tom Manas was fired, uh, Dimon Ware, he was dismissed after there was an incident uh, where I guess there was some pay that was missing.
2: Oh, geez.
0: And when they got back to their hotels in Albany after a 15-hour drive from Greensboro, North Carolina, uh, eight of those players had their had their hotel cards deactivated. And some of these players happen to be the most important players on the team. Like your starting quarterback, (laughs) your number one wide receiver, arguably your best defensive lineman, your center, who also acts as your nose tackle, your Mac linebacker and your wide receiver defensive back, who is one of the best, who is one of the best veterans on that team. So, Dustin, uh, from the outside looking in, I'm not sure how much you've been paying attention to this story. What's to make of this story? Are the are the is the empire finished? I mean, are, are we are we going to see the empire play again this year, or is, is this what's going on? What, what's your take on this?
2: I, I just am, I haven't been following this as close as you have been following it, but I did. You know, I, I think it was when Eric was on the show, he asked about the clip. Yep. of Antonio Brown in the end zone, and then the other, the uh, like he's saying, "I own the team." I own the team. The other, the other person saying, "You don't, you don't own the team." Like get out of the end zone. Stop doing what you're doing. Yeah, because he,
0: that, he he forgot his all access pass when he went yeah. in the field or during halftime in, in the first game in
2: the home opener. <laughs> but the story has made, and I'm and I'm not going to say this. Uh, I'm not going to say it's national news, but I listened to a podcast by uh, the Sklar brothers. It's called View from the Cheats Cheat Seats. It's a good podcast. I've listened to it for years. They 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 talk sports and they inject a little comedy into it. And the story of the Empire made that show. So I was pretty uh, surprised to see that the. That the scars picked that one up. Um, and I couldn't believe I'm like, what? I had to, I had to do the rewind because I'm like, my hometown? You know, but this just everything about this, and you and you don't want to generalize and you don't want to, but it just seems that as soon as as soon as Antonio Brown has been associated with the team, it's it it's been nothing but chaos and i think the local ownership selling the team back to him is a bad sign cuz they're looking to get out you know um so something is going on something is going on i think i don't know i don't know what's going to happen with the with the empire but you you dismiss that many players the the coach there you got to have continuity and especially like you said they they they've won it's not like they they weren't winning they've won right They've just blown this thing up. It's it's crazy. It's crazy.
0: So after that story was released about eight players being suspended slash released, we don't know exactly what's going on. Uh, Abby Abby Rubel from Time the Times Union, who is the primary beat reporter uh, with the for the Albany Empire in the area, she released a story that apparently what happened, uh, what had happened was that there during the transition from one ownership to the other. The payroll system uh, didn't get there. There was no transition for the oh. for the payroll. Uh, so the payroll processor caused, which was caught. Co- it was an issue with the payroll processor caused by the ownership transition. So players usually get paid from why? And I was listening. This is listening to Levac and Gaz this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Levac is. Basically, yeah, I would say he was doing a tell. I wouldn't say a tell all, but he's trying to be very careful about it.
2: Yeah, he's got basically, intimate knowledge. Job. He's got
0: very. He's got very intimate knowledge. But basically, what it come what it came down to was that he players get paid every week. They get paid on Monday. They get paid on Monday, so it's 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 during a week during that that they uh that players if they play they get paid that following Monday. And I guess there's bonuses involved for wins. I'm not really sure what this pay structure is for National Arena League. Some veteran players make a lot more than first year players. So I guess the veteran players who are now suspended um, were making uh, making waves, saying that they I didn't get paid and what's going on. And it's usually a direct deposit, um, but I guess they were supposed to, they they were supposed to have their issue resolved by this afternoon. So, but. I just got to wonder if this was just a bad decision to bring in, uh, to bring in a certain NFL pl- NFL player. Yeah. Um, we'll just call him Tony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I got to wonder, and he also put on, put up on Instagram, I guess on uh, this afternoon or Sunday afternoon that they was, they were holding open tryouts and there's a game on Saturday so you got eight position players who are being suspended or they've been released from the team who are not going to be there. How are you going to how are you going to field a team and have a coach? Like who's going to coach this team now? Is it going to be Tony? Is it going to be somebody else from the coaching from the coaching staff who's going to coach this team? This is this is a mess.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's it is a mess and you add to this now I'm trying to I'm trying to verify this because I don't know but apparently Antonio Brown has also ended his retirement to announce that he is going to play for the Baltimore Ravens this year. I think and that was a I think that was a fake. Oh, was it a fake? <laughs> this is yeah. uh let's see April 29th CBS Sports possibly Oh yeah. Brown is not currently on the, on the roster. So the, the, he is linking himself to, to the Ravens. It is not the Ravens apparently are not. So this is just another in a long line of uh, confusing moves, shall we say? Yeah, that's for sure.
0: That's for sure. And I'm pretty sure there's going to be more news coming out. Like if the, if the players have gotten paid, I wonder if they will be reinstated. Because again, you got a game coming up on Saturday. Yeah. At home.
2: (laughs) It's it's urgent.
0: You gotta field a team somehow. So it's just gonna be it's it's this is really this is a messy situation. Hopefully things get resolved. I have a feeling it's gonna get worse before it gets better.
2: Yeah. And
0: this is a this is a team that has won two consecutive championships. Three if you count the arena bowl in 2019. That that you know it's it sucks because I know some of the players involved too. Yeah, I know yeah, some of those nice. players. I, I used to take pictures when I took pictures at the, the arena. I get dapped up every, every, uh, every week. Every week I was there, I get dapped up by some of those players, and they're they're good guys. They're just it's just a, the situation sucks. Yeah, and I, I yeah. hate it. For, I hate it for them especially, and I hate it for some people I know, of course, you know, outside who are on the outside looking in, who are once inside, who are now on the outside looking in and growing and going what. What is going on? They feel helpless; they can't do anything.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's got to be an extremely frustrating feeling, and especially when you're a player and you're just trying to play and do what you love, and you can't can't really focus on that because you've got to worry whether your 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 check's going to be there or you're going to be released. It's it's not a good. It's not a good environment that is that is being created by some yeah. of the newer and, ownerships I and thinking.
0: I guess there were also there was also rumors of speculation of younger players not getting meal vouchers and some of them went out went a couple days last week without eating so jeez but again it could come back to it's just a it's just a transition in ownership but here's the thing if you're gonna transition in ownership do it before the season begins
2: yeah yeah. This is uh I mean, this
0: is a risky move and and this was in, and right now it's coming back to bite the Albany empire and who knows if we'll if we'll see them for the rest of the year if they can feel the team if this franchise is going to exist yeah um, but just could to be the fact that it's just a transition during right before right before the season begins and we'll see what happens we'll, we'll just wait it out you know so but it just sucks for some of the people involved because I know some of them
1: and yeah
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, you, know, you feel you feel helpless.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's uh it's not a good it's just it's just like you said it stinks all around and like I said it's not I'm not going to say it's making national news but the fact that the scars even picked it up it's it's but making, it's making but
0: it's making national news. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's it's making waves. Um oh. and uh You know, it's just it's just tough to see, especially with, like you said, a hometown team that has had a history of performing well, extremely recent history of performing very, very well, Mm -hmm. getting the championship in your respective sport. So hopefully, hopefully it gets straightened out. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, I never expected that something like this would would develop in in Albany, you know yeah
0: yeah so let's uh let's see what happens i mean I'm, I'm not gonna make any snap judgments from for right now because there's the situation is developed this is a developing story that just mm-hmm. broke this morning and got into the afternoon but hopefully like i said now i'm it seems like it's gonna get worse before it gets better but hopefully it's it better soon and we can go back to resuming normal activity yeah. oh yeah um one other story that i, I didn't mention in our our in our in our in our lineup but it's but snoop dog is apparently oh. interested in part being part of an ownership group that wants to buy the ottawa senators and uh, i did not have snoop Dogg enrolling in a uh being part of an ownership group on my for an nhl team my 2023 bingo card
2: <laughs> and if but you, you know, did you're a liar <laughs> yeah you know what i'm kind of uh i'm down for that i'm down for that no. i think hey it, Apparently he's a big Los Angeles Kings fan. Oh yeah, I could I could definitely see that. I mean Snoop has always repped uh LA Sports and he, and he was always even at the Trojans game, he Trojans games, he was big into USC back when they were yep. having their run under uh Pete Carrolls and Pete Carroll and stuff. He's a he's a passionate sports fan. So I, yeah. I think I think this would be a good a good move for uh, Ottawa, you know, and it might bring a little, uh, cachet and we know Snoop could probably come up with some interesting promotions, you know, all sorts yeah. of things. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, right now the, the Ottawa senators ownership group is either going to be bought by Snoop Dogg or Deadpool. So yeah. we, <laughs> Or they can combine forces. We don't we'll see. We'll see. It's a very entertaining story that came up this morning. I haven't haven't really looked into what part what group he would be part of, but it just it just happened to see Snoop Dogg being linked to the Ottawa Senators.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) is is something special. It is interesting times in sports.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And for all of you who are sitting on the edge of the seat saying, hey, who was it that Dustin couldn't think of? earlier it was amari cooper amari cooper Cooper. he he was a raiders uh draft pick that hit and uh but they got rid of him so
0: (laughs) that they did that they did
2: all right we're gonna end
0: things here but before we do that we just want to remind you about our social media channels if you're watching live or you're watching on replay we appreciate you leave a comment But in the meantime, find us on our social media networks on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. It's at no creds, req facebook.com forward slash no creds, req youtube.com forward slash at no creds, req. If you're watching on the replay, go ahead and smash that like button smash responsibly. Also feel free to leave a comment. uh, If we missed you, if you missed you on the, uh, on the, on the live, on the live side, on the podcast side Megaphone is our primary hub, but you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, wherever you podcast, rate and review. And actually, we did get a really nice review. I'm going to read it right now. Uh, ah, Apple Podcasts. Excellent. Uh, we got a really nice review from a listener named Mike He says, awesome chemistry between the hosts plus a great knowledge of sports equals a fantastic podcast that is worth listening to every time a new episode drops.
2: Oh, awesome. Thank you, Mike. Mike.
0: Mike, thank you very much. Also, we got another one from a user called Podcast Wrestling Society. Very well informed on sports. Ryan and Dustin actually know what they're talking about and bring the entertainment with informed takes. Not the typical dry sports takes or people are yelling at each other to get hits. Five stars. Five freaking stars,
2: man. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> five star match. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, five star.
0: <laughs> We're a five-star podcast podcaster, (laughs) but yeah, rate and review. We may we may even read it on the air like we just did with our last with these two reviews and engage with the show as always. We want to hear your comments. But in the meantime, we're gonna leave you for this Monday night. Be back here next Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. For Dustin Henry, I'm Ryan McCarthy. Thank you for watching or listening to No Credentials Required where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We are presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. So have a great week, everyone. We will see you here back next Monday for
2: more No Credentials Required. Good luck to your devils, Ryan.
0: Thanks, Dustin.